to Spreading the Good Stuff, a podcast for regional women who want to thrive in their work, wellness, family and community. We share stories of triumph, challenge, growth and change in business and in life and offer helpful insights and advice to empower you to live your best life, however that looks for you. Welcome back to Spreading the Good Stuff podcast. This is episode 26 and I'm Christy O'Brien. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, Chrissy Davies from Chaos to Calm Consultancy in Melbourne. This conversation today follows on from episode 25 a couple of weeks ago where we talked about kids and tech and those who tuned into that episode, um, I think we've had around 250 listeners so thank you for tuning in. We actually had more questions than answers when we got to the end of that conversation and felt like we needed to reach out um, for a bit of advice in this area. And we know it's an area that um, is troubling for a lot of parents. So today we've invited Chrissy along and um, I'm just going to introduce Chrissy and talk a little bit about her, um, her background. So essentially Chrissy's Chaos to Calm Consultancy, affectionately known as the Child Karma, She specialises in providing quality, positive parenting education for families to support them with their child's challenging behaviours. Chrissy has more than 15 years experience working in special education and she's worked with hundreds of families and thousands of children throughout her career. Welcome Chrissy. Hi Christy, good morning, thank you for having me on. Thank you for for coming and joining us in the conversation. Such a great topic. It is, I know. So um, I'm just sort of having a look at your your background here, Chrissy, and I think that you're perfect for this conversation and um, just wanted to talk about, you know, how you, you're on a mission to sort of change the way we're view, viewing our, our parenting education and how you believe that all Absolutely. parents yeah, should, should access as much information and education um, as possible. So um, just in in some of the workshops you're doing, um, which are sold out, um, people are drawn to your sort of positive outlook on family life and and your ability to educate, inspire and encourage families in a really unique way. So we are very, very, very thrilled to have you on Spreading the Good Stuff um, podcast. And um, we might even start, Chrissy, by, you know, getting you to talk about what you do in your work on um, on a daily or weekly basis before we get into this um, conversation about kids and tech? Yeah, sure. I guess so, you know, (laughs) what's one of the sayings? People who work with children, there's never a dull moment. But um, I suppose one of the things about my business, the reason why, you know, the idea and inspiration behind Chaos to Calm Consultancy was um, founded when I was still working in special education and I really saw a need for the parents that I was dealing with and the children I was educating to have some skills around how to manage their kids' behaviour. We were getting so much success with the kids in the classroom and we're talking about kids here with extreme behaviours and then the families were still really struggling with their kids at home, you know. So this idea started growing in my brain and we sort of used to joke in special ed that we should have a school for the kids and a school for the parents. Yeah. Um, And this idea sort of manifested for me over a number of years and now I'm five years in my business predominantly work with families around educating them about how to understand their kids' behaviour better um, because I feel like there's a real 
you know, I think kids are so incredibly amazing and I'm a well-known, you know, children's advocate. I'm always talking about um, advocating for our kids and part of that as our job as parents is being educated about how to understand them. Yeah, and I think there's so much expectation on parents, like having to know everything from the get-go, you know. It's quite overwhelming and I think a lot of parents... I find that so incredibly interesting, Christy, because, you know, I talk to families a lot about, so for example, you know, my brother's a plumber. Do I know anything about plumbing? No, I don't know anything about plumbing. Or, you know, my husband's an accountant. I don't know anything about accounting. But so for someone like me, my zone of genius has always been, my career has been around children, understanding children's behaviours, knowing how to get the best out of them, you know, having a really amazing skill set around um, creating change, positive change for children. So, you know, when it came to having my own children, I was able to implement so many of those skills into my own family and had great success with my own kids yeah which you know awesome. so I, I say to other people why why do you feel like you should know all of this stuff and I think it's nearly admitting that you you know that you're a failure you know and it's um and it's really tricky I think because sometimes by seeking help um it's seen as a weakness you know and um and that's that's really bad but I think that's that there's definitely um, that's definitely a reason behind it. I think people feel like if they put their hand up and say, oh, "I'm not coping," you know, even within sort of families and small circles of friends, it's it's hard for parents to admit that they're struggling. Absolutely, and this is the core of my message. Yeah, is that why aren't we talking about it? Yep. We're all dealing with the same stuff. You know, predominantly children's behaviour is ninety nine point nine percent the worst in the family home behind closed doors, where nobody else sees what's going on. Mm. We have to get better at talking about what's happening and normalising. You know, what our, the behaviours that we're actually seeing from from a lot of you know the families is normal. It's yeah. in, within the range of normal development. There's nothing wrong with us, and there's nothing wrong with our kids so why are why are we ashamed to talk about that you know why aren't we having that conversation um and I no you go sorry sorry I was just going to touch on that because I was was reading on your website the other day like you know two words that really kind of um shot out to me was you know shame and vulnerability and I think that those two things are really attached to, to parenting in so many ways and People don't want to talk about it, but um, thankfully there is some fantastic work happening in this space and I think we are becoming, you know, a little bit more kind of comfortable with um, being vulnerable and, and, and not sort of looking at our kids' behaviour as something to be shameful about. <laughs> I don't know. I sort of, I sort of see this is this is sort of my perception of our role as parents, you know. And I guess it comes from having an educational background as well, you know, being an educator. But you know, we our children come to us as a blank canvas. We have to teach them every single thing that they need to know. Yeah. We have to teach them how to eat. We have to teach them how to sleep. We have to teach them how to wipe their own butt. You know, <laughs> like all, all the things that we have to teach our children so that they can go on to be independent from us eventually. That's the end goal, right? And, and I say to families, you're growing a brain. You're growing a human being. You know, why do we think this is going to be easy? And <laughs> why, why do we think that we should know all of this yeah, stuff? Yeah, exactly. It's a perception thing, isn't it? Like people, I suppose and it's, it's in your own mind. You think that everyone else looks like they're doing really well. And, 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 Trust and, me, they're not. <laughs> and, that, and that is so good to hear. And I think that when we had this conversation, um, you know, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, we kind of um, felt like, it was a bit of a revelation, even though we came away, as I said at the start, with more kind of um, questions and answers. Mm. We felt like it was just a problem shared is a problem kind of half 
you know, beaten, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's one of those things that we've just got to keep talking about. Yeah. Our, our children need us to keep talking about it. You know, even though it's tricky and even though it's challenging, that doesn't mean we just bury our head in the sand and, and don't talk about the problem because it's almost like just admitting that, well, it's too hard, we don't want to go there. Yeah. And I, I might just give some background too, Chrissy. Like we actually were talking about um, the conversation and then we noticed that you just had um, – run a workshop with a, a social mm. media consultancy in Melbourne based yes. around this exact topic. So, um, bef- but before we actually get into the conversation, um, this big conversation, would, would you like to just sort of, you know, share with our listeners, um, I suppose, the work that you do on, on, on a weekly basis? Yeah, sure. So, my, my, I mean, every week's different. Yep. Um, but uh, predominantly a lot of the work that I'm doing is around working privately with yep. families. Um, they come in to see me and discuss some of the challenges that they're having within their family. Um, and I spend part of my time educating them around their child's brain and their children's behaviour. And then we go into implementing some strategies and me supporting them to, to implement that change with their children. Um, then, as, as you mentioned before, I'm running heaps of positive behaviour workshops, which are heaps of fun. Like, I'm just working so hard to um, create workshops that are fun and educational and also a really great learning tool for families because, you know, the reality is for a lot of us, the last time we were in a classroom was when we were at uni or at high school. Yeah. So... That, that whole changing that whole perception around accessing parenting education to me is, is a really important part of what I'm, you know, working really hard to change. Um, and then the other arm of my business is, is still in education, obviously, which I'm really passionate about. So um, often I get asked to come in to do educational observations of children who are presenting with some challenging behaviours. Um, and run professional development for teachers around how to understand kids better in the classroom. Yeah, fantastic. And obviously, um, you know, your work in this field, particularly when we're talking about, you know, kids and tech, do you find that things are, are evolving all the time? Or, or does your sort of background in education sort of like the things that you deal with, um, are they the same as they were when you were first teaching or have things changed really quickly? Do you mean in terms of children's behaviours? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, and just the issues that we're dealing with, like as parents and as educators. Well, absolutely. It's like, you know, we're living in a different generation yeah. now, aren't we? You yeah. know, so, you know, it's all good and well, you know, we hear all these comments all the time and, oh, you know, back in the day or when I was a child or, you know, all that sort of stuff. But we we can't look at our children in this current generation like that because it's not the same time. Yeah. So we, we, we have to evolve as well. You know, our children are living in, in a generation that, is different to us and so how could we expect that we can parent them the same way as the generation before us? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's important too because sometimes, you know, when, when it comes to sort of, you know, kids and tech and, and this is something we'll talk about shortly mm. but, you know, like, you know, older generation would just say, well, just take the phone off them and, you know, yes. they don't need to watch telly or whatever it might be. Yeah. And, and you do feel like you want to listen to, you know, the older generation in your life because they're there to support you. But it's kind of like, well, you know, it's um, it's not that easy um, and not that black and white. But we might actually move into that um, into that sort of big, big conversation now as, as far sure. as kids, kids and tech. And, um, and as I said to you um, before we came on air, I personally feel like this topic is, is a real, it's a real runaway train for, for parents. And often it's just that putting their head in the sand. And I've got, you know, um, 
friends with kids, teenage kids, same age as my kids. And then they're just sort of saying, well, I, I don't want to know about it. You know, like, oh, I don't want to know what's happening. And I'm like, oh, you know, like it's, it's really tricky. And then as the kids get older, it's the whole privacy issue. But, you know, like they're still kids and we still need to guide them, even if it's in a, in a world that we're, we're unsure Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I have a, a funny saying that I say with families, you know, if you've never been hated by your kids, then you haven't done a great job as a parent. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, absolutely, Christy, because so much of what I educate families about is understanding children's brains. Yeah. You know, the current research around the human brain says that it's not fully developed until around the age of 30. Yeah, right. Wow. You know, and we're dealing, we're talking about nine-year-olds, seven-year-olds, five-year-olds mm. who have such a limited um, physical ability to understand how the world works. Yeah. We have to make those decisions for them because I, I, I know you're over 30 and I'm, I'm definitely telling you I am too. So my, my brain is fully developed. So yeah. you, you can hate me or scream at me as much as you want when I make a decision that I know is in your best interest because your brain ain't there yet. Yeah. So there, there's a real sense of, and I was listening to some of the comments from your last previous conversation around oh, you know, we don't want to give in or we worry about upsetting our kids yep. or, you know, their friends, you know, oh, it's so important that they're communicating with their friends. And I, and I absolutely understand all of that. But at the end of the day, I'm an adult with a fully developed brain and I see the world differently to you. Mm, yep. So I am going to have to make decisions that come from a place of love because I, I care about you and I love you so much that I'm making these decisions that are in your best interest. And as you said, the kids will hate you for it, but that, that's okay. You know, that's... Oh, I know, and I truly believe as well that we, we could get everything right. We could get absolutely everything right as parents and I think they'll still hate us. <laughs> oh, that's comforting. <laughs> and, you know, when I talk to families about their kids' brains, that this stuff is impacting so negatively on our children's developing brains, that's when they almost, the light bulb goes off. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, well, if that's not worth fighting for, then what is? Yeah, and is that one of the reasons why how this workshop came about, the, the Keeping Kids Safe workshop um, yeah. recently? Yeah, so I, I posted, um, I mean, I talk quite openly about the fact that um, my hubby and I are, are raising our children, trying to raise our children screen-free. Yep. We're doing a pretty good job. We'll talk a bit more about that later. But um, I made a particular post on my social media about how sad I was starting to feel when I went out and about um, to my local shopping centre. And I was just increasingly alarmed at the amount of toddlers in a pram with an iPad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I took my daughter swimming last night. I look around the pool, every single parent has got their face in a phone. Yeah, exactly. It's not just the kids. No, absolutely, but it's, this is what's happening in our world and this is this is the reality for our kids, right? Yeah, so it is. Part of the conversation started around that of, well, you know, is, is it now just becoming such a norm and such a habit that you put your kid in the pram and you give them a phone straight, straight away, away. Like yeah, before exactly. they even start to get bored or yeah. arc up or, you know, um, want to get out and start to be a bit challenging? We're just handing it to them straight away. But it's not – it's just – almost becoming such a habit oh for sure and um, I, I remember and listening that's, that's sort of how the conversation started yep. um with marie and she got in contact with me yeah and i know with with um obviously there's the um 
there's so much sort of um, been written about the, the damage of, of, you know, overuse. But there's also the other side of it. I remember listening to a podcast conversation once about, you know, kids who go out for dinner, as an example, and, and they sit there at, with their with their family and they get handed um, a device straight away. Um, yeah. And there's so many things they miss out on. Like they miss out on that a social awareness of um, what the weight is doing or if someone opens a door for someone else or that they miss all these random acts of kindness or, or mm. otherwise that they just don't observe and because those things actually shape us as as adults don't they and when you've got these these, sorry to cut you off these are are the skills that our children are we're really seeing a detrimental yeah they're missing it all yeah yeah, they're, they're losing the ability to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. And it's our teenagers too. Like you sort of, you know, you look at your kids and think like the kids who can actually ha- have a conversation with an adult are the ones that, that are probably going to do better than anyone else, you know, because the ones so, that can't have got their heads stuck in their phone too much. Yeah, so a really interesting thing that came out of that, and I, I'm always about let's have a conversation, let's have a, let's have a discussion about this because at the end of the day, that's that's how you learn. That's how you educate people, right? So it's not necessarily that I want you to go out and make a decision that you're going to raise your children screen free. Yeah. But if I spark a conversation about something that actually makes you think about why you're handing your child their phone every time, your phone every time they cry, yeah. or why when you go on a drive an hour away, as soon as you get in the car, you put a movie on for yeah. your kids. Yeah. Then that, that to me as an educator is a very valuable conversation to have. Yeah, definitely. Right? So I guess it's I guess it's one of those things for me is that, you know, I don't know, are we, are we becoming a little bit lazy as parents, you know, because you I talk about I talk about to families about why parenting is so hard and it's so hard because our kids need so much from us. Yeah. It doesn't stop. It doesn't end, you know. Um and the fact that we now have an option to put them on an iPad or to put a movie on in a car so that they just be quiet yeah. so that we can drive wherever we need to go in peace and quiet. Mm. I don't know. There's something really sad about that. I know because <laughs> even though, like, you think about your kids, you know, doing battle and on the back seat, you know, and I think that oh. even though it does your head in, like, it's it is. I oh, look, I think about it. It's it's normal kind of growing up behavior. <laughs> like, it's normal, and we all we all kind of went through it. And I think it does teach you the dynamics of life as well, you know. Um, but I think too, and going back to what we do as adults, like, you know, so many times. You know, I, I might have done it myself where you see other, other adults telling their kids to get off their phones and just taking it off them and, and not giving them an alternate sort of thing to do as a family because they're sitting there scrolling social media on their phone. Yeah. And it's it comes back to kind of how society, it's just become this kind of norm. And, um, you know, even when people go out for dinner, like everyone's sitting there on their phone. And, and I think you have to make these little rules for, for your family. Um, and I know we try and do that, whether it's just, you know, well, no screens at the table at all at you know um breakfast lunch or dinner and even trying to have sort of screen free pockets you know during the day or on weekends and 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 it takes a lot of it takes a lot of discipline which sounds ridiculous but it really does i always use the term it's a conscious decision yeah it's about that you know i'm constantly talking to families about connection and that you Children are connection cravers. They mm. they will get connection from you in any way that you can. Yeah. And and coming back to that um, example I was using about the pool, I don't take my phone to swimming because 
every time my daughter looks at me from the pool to see if I'm watching, she's getting connection from yeah, me. Yeah, of course, yeah. And she looks at me and she smiles and she gives me a thumbs up, you know, and she's looking for that connection. And I think to myself, well, you know, what if – and I'm only at the pool for 30 minutes. Like yeah. If someone calls me, I have message bank. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. And that's that conscious choice that I mentioned before. So I, I've started doing things consciously. Like, so if we go to the zoo, I don't take my phone. Mm. If we go to a cafe, I don't take my phone because, I mean, how many photos do I need yeah. of the kids <laughs> in a cafe or at the zoo? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It becomes such a habit. It does. That you, we, our phone, we're so attached to our phones and this is what our children see, you know. So it's that conscious choice to be present. And I'm not saying don't go on your phone later. Like we all do it. Yeah, you know, of We course. run businesses and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. um, I think it's about in, imposing those personal boundaries for yourself because you understand the reason why you're doing it. And I think having that research to, um, to you know, to talk about the damage, but I feel like there's so much out there and, and it can be conflicting a little bit. I know in the teenage world, like you've got schools going, we're taking all computers and phones away and then, and then other schools are going, oh, but they're using them to be creative and blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it, it can be quite conflicting. But in our last conversation, I think we, we talked about um, one of the – the um, sort of head people, I think, at um, Facebook or, or Google, like they don't allow their, their kids like any devices at all. And it's like, well, what's that? What's that telling Hello? us? You know, <laughs> and which is kind of a bit, you know, scary. And um, Katrina flagged this documentary, like the, the teenage brain about addiction and, mm. and and all that stuff. Like it's it's there and it's very real, but it is terrifying. And again, it's another reason I think for parents is to put their head in the sand because it's overwhelming. So, where where do you look for for research? I mean, obviously, there's a we can see the social, you know, impact that it's having. But what about the actual mm. scientific impact? Oh, and I think one of the other challenges we have in our generation is that we are just bombarded with information. Oh, so much information. And I and I feel like well, I, I know this because of the of the families that I work with. So many people say to me, "I'm just not sure." Yeah, I know. I, just, I read this, and then someone tells me this, and I, I I've actually lost my ability to know what I believe that I feel confident with. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So this is why I always say to families. Look at the experts. Yeah. Follow follow the people in Australia who yeah. are relevant to our country, who are leading the way. They're recognised in Australia as leading experts. You know. So, and do you have a go, a go to um, list for this, Chrissy? Because we'd love to kind of include I this do, in, I the, do. in the show so, notes, just so people yes. can go. Okay, well, who do I follow? Who do I trust? What do I do here? You know, because Absolutely. you know it's and very it's, conflicting. It's, yeah, it is. And I think that's you if you have one or two people that you follow and just block everything out and yep. focus on what you believe is right for your family and for your kids and, and you choose to um, manage that the way that you you want to. I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. Um, so Dr. Christy Goodwin yep. is one of Australia's leading digital health, wellbeing and learning experts. Um, she is amazing. She's on a lot of um, Australian media talking about how to have healthy boundaries and the impacts of social media on children. Oh, great. Um, Susan McLean is Australia's leading cyber safety expert. Yep. Um, we were so incredibly lucky to have her come and talk at our school. Oh, wow. Um, and it was so interesting. I was chatting to our principal about it, and they pay a fortune for her to come. Obviously, she's a leading expert. Yep. And the principal was sort of saying to me, nobody comes. <laughs> really? 
Oh, so here I am. I get into the parents group and I, you know, banging on in there about this. This is one of Australia's leading experts. This room should be filled to the brim. Why aren't we all coming? You know, the school's paying thousands of dollars for this. And thank goodness it had a really great impact because there were people standing up in the aisles. Oh, I was going to say, that's great. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and like, you just wonder why. Like, is it again that kind of hit in the sand? Like, I don't, I don't want to know about it. Like, you know, if people aren't wanting to hear it? Because is it too hard to hear the, the, the facts sometimes? I, I actually think just sometimes as parents we're just overwhelmed. Yeah, we're, yeah. Bu- we're busy. We, you know, um, we don't think we don't have time to prioritise this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the school's putting it on for free. Yeah, <laughs> why, wow. Why aren't you there? At least one of you, one yeah. parent being there. Totally. And the other, the other um, most reputable place to go I suppose as a parent if you've got questions or concerns around apps and you know social media stuff and all that sort of stuff is the office of e-safety commission okay wow yep so it's um e-safety.gov.au yep um and it's just a wealth of information around apps and guidelines and ages and you know all that sort of stuff for our kids but you know the, the general guideline and this, I mean this is just alarming is that you know the guidelines recommend that children under the age of two are living screen-free. Yeah, of course, yeah. Which, you know, which comes back to my point before about why are these babies... Yeah, totally. ...being pushed around in a pram with an iPhone? Yeah, because it's, it's easy and it's a habit, like it, and it's a habit that everyone's engaging in. It's not as if it's just a select few, you know, like everyone has access to phones, don't they? You know, like all over the world. Yeah, absolutely, and it's such a tricky um, connection. So a couple of the conversations that came out of that post I was talking about before came yeah. back to, well, what about that poor mum? What about that mum who was just at breaking point and, mm. you know, she just wanted to switch off, for, you know, for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it is, and I, and I absolutely have genuine empathy for that. But if you really unpack that, yeah. it goes even deeper than that. It's like, well, why, where is the mum's support system? Yeah, why exactly. is that mum at breaking point? You yeah. know, who is supporting her? Who is helping her manage any of those challenging behaviours? Or what, whatever it is that we deal with as parents. Yep. Handing your child an iPhone to me is like a Band-Aid yep. for the bigger problem. Yep. So we've got to look a bit deeper, I think. Yep. And as far as like, you know, I think we, we talked about this before we came on air, like the, the dangers as opposed to sort of what, what, what is normal? Like, I mean, obviously there's an alarming kind of new normal that we, that we can see, but you know, it depends on the age, obviously Chrissy of, of kids as well, but like mm. what is normal use? You know, I mean, I know obviously all these, you know, um, websites and experts, um, would offer that. Um, but do you, you know, at your workshop, did you actually say, you know, for this age, this is how many hours and this is what they should be on or shouldn't? And even at schools, they, they, there's obviously ages for all the different apps, but I don't think anyone, you know, not a lot of people follow them. And I don't think there's any, you know, hard and fast rules around that. But Susan McLean, the cyber safety expert, basically stood in front of our whole school and said, get your children off screens for mm. as long as possible. Yeah. So that that's that's the that's the that's the starting keep, point. Keep fighting the good fight. Don't <laughs> give don't give in just because everybody else is doing it, or you know, don't give in because your children are nagging you or their yeah. behaviour is challenging. You know, um, I think it was Lee gave the example of how she set the boundary in the school holidays for yeah. her kids about you're not you're not having it. And the thing you got to understand about kids is that they actually once the rules and the expectations and the boundaries are implemented and they they're held firm. 
children are actually very responsive. Oh, and Do they, you know what I mean? And, and they're better. Like I know with our teenagers, like often, you know, when their screen time is limited, like they're, they're kind of, you know, they're actually nicer to be around. <laughs> you know, oh, they're absolutely. Quite, they're more engaged. And, and often too, like as our kids are sort of a bit older and if, when we say like you guys are becoming addicted, they get quite defensive and they're going, mm. I'm not addicted. I'm uh, not. And I go, well, uh, actually you you are. But then I, I kind of clarify that by saying, look, we all are, you know, like it's a problem in society. I don't want to make them feel like they're, they're the only one that sort of wants to check in and see what's happening all the time. Like, I mean, it's a it's an epidemic in in society. It's not just um, isolated to a couple of individuals. Oh, absolutely, totally. And you, you're so right. It's a family decision. Yeah. You know, and we talk about families being teens, and um, you know, we're all in this together. That approach with kids works so incredibly well. Um, and that role modelling, like you were saying, about how you can have those boundaries. You know, if your kids ever saying to you, "Mum, get off your phone." Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a, a really uh, you know a big slap in the face. Absolutely, um, they're crying out for your attention. Or mum, put your phone down. Or you know, and it's so interesting as a business owner because you know the reality is your social media and um, all of that sort of stuff is such a big component of your marketing. Oh, now for as, sure. as a business owner. But you know, when you say to your child, "Oh, I'm working." Yes. They, they don't. They don't have the brain development yet to understand that concept fully. They we, just look at you as you on your phone and you're disconnected from them. Exactly, and we need to be a lot more kind of conscious and aware of of, of the, the the times that we choose to do that because it's it's really it's a pretty it's a pretty pathetic kind of um, excuse, isn't it? To sort of it, well, it is an excuse, and but, this is this is if I'm being really honest, this is what I, you know, coming back to here, I'm going to get all passionate now. But you know, what I advocate for children. Yeah, we make. We make a decision as adults to bring children into this world. Yep. And then we create the environment for them. We surround them in the language that we choose. And then when they challenge us or, you know, they start to present with some challenging behaviours, we then start to say, either question ourselves as parents or think our kids are out of control or, you know, <laughs> nightmare or whatever it is. Yeah. At the end of the day, we have to take, like you said, take responsibility for that choice that we made. Yeah, and we can't blame you know, the apps and the, the like Silicon Valley and all, all the stuff, you know, no. because I think that, you know, it, it is here to stay too, even though we joked in our conversation that we would love, you know, some of these social media apps just to blow up and stop working and be like, oh, cool. Mm. Although we're, we're the same with you in our business, Chrissy. like we, you know, that's our main form of sort of advertising mm. and, and work. A lot of our work comes from social media um, management. But, you know, you have to look at it as work and compartmentalise it and um, Absolutely, and yeah. do it as work. Just like when, when we come home and my husband is in real estate and he, he comes home and is like, let's just put, you know, the phone away between six and eight or particularly while we're having dinner or um, and the kids just sort of, you know, need that bit of, um, you know, that bit of conversation and, and, and I suppose attention, as you said before. Mm. It doesn't matter mm. how old they are, everybody pretty wants that attention. But it's also giving the kids alternatives and I know that for us we tend to go, okay, you know, um, let's just all leave our phones at home and go out for lunch on a Sunday and, you know, they kind of look at you as if you're, you know, come from out of space. But, you know, and, and they'll do it and, and they'll grumble about it at the start but then to actually go out for lunch and share that time together and have a conversation without, you know, the interruption of phones and and um, technology is, is quite liberating. And, and I don't know about, you know, toddlers. I mean, when my kids were toddlers, phones weren't really in the mix. So, um what are practical alternatives for people with toddlers um, if they're in the habit, Chrissy, of, of handing the phone before the before they even need it? 
Or well, if... it's, it's, and it's one of the things that, you know, I'm working really hard. I, I saw it with my own eyes yesterday. And I try, you know, in this space, obviously, I deal with a lot of different people and I try not to be judgmental yeah, about that. Yeah. You know, the choices that people make and all that sort of stuff. And, I, and I, I sort of have this saying of, you know, you respond to your children in the moment with the skills that you have. Yeah. And so that's why, to me, accessing education is so incredibly important. Yeah, because you only know what you know. That you, yeah, you only know what you know. So I watched a mum yesterday afternoon at swimming. Her daughter was upset. She had to get out of the pool. She was crying. And the mum, I heard her say, stop crying. Here, have my phone. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, you know, I live and breathe emotional resilience for children and teaching children that the core of all behaviour comes from emotions. And what we're doing every time we hand a child a phone or even stick a dummy in their mouth. Yeah. Upset or a lollipop. We, we're plugging the emotion. Yeah. We're pushing it down. We're sending the emotion and we're pushing it down and we're pushing it down. And what we're not actually doing is teaching our children how to feel. How to go with it or roll with the emotion. Well, how to feel. Yeah. What are those big feelings that mm. we're having? Why are you upset? Why are you sad? Where is this emotion coming from? And actually at the end of the day, our kids don't need a phone. They just need us. Yeah, because and I think it comes back to that shame as well. Like no one wants their child to be chucking a wobbly on the on the you know edge of the pool and everyone's looking because they feel like they're a bad parent. It comes back to what we were talking about at the start of the conversation, which again is that – Adults not wanting to feel. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing in a different... So it's that having that confidence to not to filter all of that out. Yeah, yeah. And that comes down to education, yeah? Absolutely. And practice. And And I think the more you practice it, the better you get at it, you Mm. know. And um, I feel, like, so strongly about this sort of stuff because tantrums are so normal for kids. It's actually... They're actually incredibly important for their brains. and. You know, every time we leave somewhere because our kids are having a tantrum or they're having a feeling, we just evacuate because it's too hard for us, you know. So it's about having the skills to know how to manage those emotions, you know, regulate your kids, and then we just move on. Like nothing to see here, you know. (laughs) It's normal. And this is part of what we were saying before about we've got to normalise some of this stuff. Um. And, and when you're educated about why your kids do the things that they do because it's connected to their brains. You feel more makes, comfortable in it. Yeah, you feel so much more empowered and confident to know what's going on. Yeah. And I think it comes back to, like, as you said before, about who you're listening to, who you're tuning into. And I think that um, the online world can be, you know, filled with judgment as well. And I think people look at people's lives, particularly on social media, and kind of have this opinion that, you know, their child would never do that. So when their child does it, it's that it's that shame and, and comparison. And we talked about this in our conversation, in our podcast a couple of weeks back as well, about comparison being the devil. And, <laughs> and we didn't really go into the parenting um sort of feel too much in this but it um it does happen um and it's it can be really damaging as parents to sort of compare and 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 listen to other people's judgments based on either your own kids or or other people's kids it's um it's really tricky yeah I know I remember talking to at a workshop when one of the dads said to me they go out for dinner with this group of friends like quite often and I was like oh well you're doing well getting out for dinner that often well high five to you but 
they were having, the issue they were having was that every other couple there chose to give their children their phones. Yeah, wowzers, that's tricky. And mm. they were the only couple <laughs> that it really went against everything that they believed in as parents. Mm. And and the dad was sort of saying, "Well, how do you how do we manage that?" And and how do they <laughs> just oh, stick stick I, with I, it? I just, well, yeah, absolutely. I, I just think it once again comes back to having that confidence, but also an understanding of knowing that because you're choosing not to give your child a, a form of entertainment, it means you're probably going to have less opportunity to actually connect and engage with your friends. Yeah, you have to kind of um, because your children are going to need more from you. Yeah. And I think it's even even us having the battle with our teenage kids because, of course, all their friends are allowed to have their phones at mm. night in their rooms, like all of their friends, which is not true. But you know, like that's that's their kind of belief, and and it's and it's. I think for some parents, they probably think, oh well, if you know Mary's got hers, then maybe Flo should have hers as well, so she could. I just you know like it. But I say to our kids, like we wouldn't have our phones in our room at night, so why should why would we let you? <laughs> you know, that's kind of. And they, they hate it, but they, they have just got to accept that because that's what we've decided as a family, even though that they believe no one else is doing the same, which can't be true, but I suppose yeah. it is in some and cases. I, and I also think that whole, you know, conversation around, you know, restaurants and taking kids out and all that sort of stuff, like that is really, I mean, let's get real. That's for us, right? That's for us. We, we love going out for dinner. We love having a drink and socialising with our friends. You know, our kids, mm, yeah, not so much, yeah. you know, because <laughs> the, the rules around eating out are very complicated for kids and, and they get bored. It. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, so that once again comes back to expectations. making absolutely <laughs> yeah. expectations and managing environments for our kids that allow them to be successful. Yeah, exactly. So we might um, move on a little bit, Chrissy, to kind of, I suppose, tools to help. And, and I know we've mm. talked a little bit about, um, you know, expectation and, and why, but, I mean, what are the tools that we can kind of, um, I mean, obviously having the conversation is, is the first first protocol but yeah. are there any tools that you can sort of um offer um often out offer our listeners to sort of help in this space i suppose one, one of the things that i often talk to families about is you know if especially if you've got young children start as you mean to go so you know be, be clear about what what are your um ideal perceptions around technology and if you're happy for your kids to you know be on some form of technology whether it's tv or an ipad or whatever it is just be very clear about that because i think if you're gray on it then you're definitely not going to be able to implement that successfully for your kids yeah sure and and definitely being on the same page you know with with your partner or um anybody that you're parenting with because i think that that's often what happens with our kids is we, we're not really clear ourselves. And so, then we, you know, how, how can they live up to our expectations when we actually don't even know what they are? And I know I don't know about toddlers, but I know with teenagers, like if they find a grey area or a loophole, they will, oh, they will go for the jugular. <laughs> and they will fight to the death. Totally right, right. yeah. But so it's really interesting. Some of the things that, you know, I'm seeing with families is, you know, they're even very basic life skill things. And I talk a lot about getting back to basics. And we sort of touched on this before about, you know, you know, 
I think there's a different generation and we can take some things from the way that we were raised but then tweaking it to suit, you know, the generation that we're living in. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm working with families who can't even get their kids to brush their teeth without an, yeah. without an app. Wow. Or, you know, they can't get into bed without yeah. a, a story on an iPad or, you know, but these, they've gotten into such these unhealthy habits with our kids. And it's hard um, to break those habits and I think I was – I think I was um, telling you as well, like, I, you know, I knew a teenage daughter who couldn't, you know, um, for a friend who couldn't go to sleep without watching a movie on her laptop, yeah. you know, and it's kind of yeah. like, it's like falling asleep in front of the telly. Like, it's not, I mean, it's okay, you know, once in a blue moon, but not, not every night. Mm. And so I think it's hard being mindful of that is that, you know, you are your child's first and most important educator. Everything they need to learn can be taught from you pretty much, you know. Yeah. Um, like brushing their teeth. They don't need to be taught how to brush their teeth from an app. They need you to teach them. Yeah. So it's sort of, sort of some of that getting back to basics, Christy, I think, you know, um, rather than relying on technology to do some of that stuff. You know, like, you know, turning the TV off while you're having dinner, like you said before, you yeah. know, switching off the phones, all that sort of stuff that's creating so much disconnection yeah. um, between families. Mm. And um, as far as just other habits to, to I suppose break the, the bad habit <laughs> you know like mm. uh, I mean there's the band-aid effect obviously and even like yeah. Le- Leonie was talking in our um I mean ripping the band-aid off effect like Leonie was talking about in, in our previous conversation just going right they're gone that's it like you know and mm. kids will get used to it but you know um obviously if, if you're coming from a, a place where it's um your kids are highly dependent um do you recommend just kind of weaning them off or, or just going right they're all going away and we're going to start from this low base well look i am sort of more of a uh, rip the band kind of gal <laughs> i thought you were going to say that <laughs> but a lot of people are quite terrified by that approach so you know that's not for everybody yeah but, of course. You know, yeah screen addiction is now a recognized health condition i know um, yes so I know. you know the sooner we can pair that back for our kids and, but uh, you know especially with older kids i talk a lot about involving them in the process yeah of course the more we try to control them the more they push back so you know um most children generally can actually tell you the right thing to do. Yeah. The core the core of children is so good, really, genuinely. Yeah. And we if you actually throw it open to them and involve them in the process, they can actually come up with really great solutions themselves. Yeah. And even looking at our own habits and, and that was something that we, we had talked about it just being kind of aware, and I know on the new iPhone, there's this sort of built-in app now that tells you your screen time, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" You know, and scary, isn't it? It is, and there are other apps out there that, or you know, programs that you can use on on any device. Um, but that that really shows you, you know, there's nowhere to hide in that. And I think even even you know, talking to our kids around that, um, and just making them aware of it as well, because because they're as you said, that their brains aren't sort of. Um, even tuned into the fact that they are, you know, spending so much time in the damages. So it's um it's it's sort of having that open conversation and, and an expectation around what's what's normal. But again, that takes time and when we get busy and, and lazy, I suppose, is another word without being critical. And I, and I think the really important thing about that is almost like releasing information age at age appropriate yeah, times. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, like, you, you know, it's not going to be appropriate to have a, a conversation with a six-year-old about, you know, predators online. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That sort of stuff because we don't want to freak our kids out and terrify them. But at the end of the day, they have to be informed and educated about this stuff. But it's about releasing that information 
at the right time. I yeah. think it's incredibly important too, you know, as our kids grow and develop and their brains develop and they can access and understand um, more sensitive information. And I think being aware of what, what's online as well, because I know, you know, a lot of parents that I chat to worry about things like Snapchat with the teenagers, but they're not as concerned about their, you know, 10-year-olds watching YouTube clips. And I'm like, I think that, you know, YouTube clips can be just as damaging or, you know, like um, scary and, and things that they can see um, as, as you know, um, what the kids might be sharing between their friends. So you need to be, you need to be aware of all the different platforms. I mean, not to overwhelm people and, but if you're not aware of um, what, you know, YouTube looks like, how it works and what happens, then, then you're kind of, you know, you're setting yourself up a bit, aren't you, really? And that was, that's what was really great about this workshop that I ran with Marie was, you know, <laughs> not to alarm people, but when you hear the facts and the statistics, you know, um, and, one, you know, one of the alarming um, things that sort of came out of this workshop was that, you know, kids in grade six are sending nude photos yeah. to each other. Wowzers. Like this is almost like the first base for yeah. our kids now. Yeah. You know, it was it wasn't a smooch on the lips behind the shoulder shed. Mm. Like this is the next step of what we're dealing with. Yeah, and it is. I, I sort of feel like as parents we have to be educated around this yeah, stuff because we have to know how to respond when this stuff happens to if and when this stuff happens to our kids. But um doing it in an appropriate way. Yeah, for sure. It's such a tricky conversation, isn't it? Oh, it is, but I think that and that's probably the, the number one take take home um, for, from this conversation is that just to, you know, inform ourselves and to have the conversations and and that that comes down to sort of anything that we're dealing with, but, you know, it's, um, it's not it, – it's easy to kind of bury your head in the sand, but it's probably – it's not going to go away. You know, we're not going to wake no. up tomorrow and the, te- the whole technology thing is going to be gone because it's 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 here to stay. It'll it'll change and it'll evolve, but we need to kind of keep up, don't we? And I, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that when you um, coming back to that whole thing I was talking about before about connection and relationship, and a word that I often use with families is trust. Yeah. That you can have these conversations with your kids and that they trust you to come to you if something happens or they see something or hear something, especially as they get older. Yeah, for um, sure. About, you know, that they hear the other kids talking about and that they're not going to get in trouble, but that you would rather them come to you because you care about them and you have that sort of, I suppose, open relationship with your kids that they can talk to you about this stuff is so important. And I think just being in tune, like I know um, as the kids get a bit older, obviously they, they don't need as much kind of you know um parenting I mean not parenting that's the wrong word that that you can kind of like they can be alone you know even for an hour while you go down the street once they're teenagers and um Mm. but I know on the holidays um last year I was just around um home and my daughter um I could just hear it in her voice that she sounded a bit distressed and um and I was sort of nearby and she was chatting to a friend and, and there'd been a bit of an issue on Snapchat. Someone had said something to someone and she was trying to fix it. She was sort of stuck in the middle and she was upset. And um, and so we, like, put the phone away and we sat down and watched um, a movie together and and it was a really sad movie. I remember just, you know, both of us crying and, and yeah. thinking, you know, um, but I thought to myself, gosh, I could have just been down the street and missed that whole little chapter. Mm. And, you know, whether she would have shared it with me or not, um, you know, we, we talked about that. And um, But it did make me kind of a bit aware that even though they're a bit older and they don't need you there all the time like a toddler, um, they still you still need to be in tune with what's happening with them because, 
you know, that stuff can build up and, and can be re- really damaging. They don't need so much from you in terms of the physical stuff. Yeah. But the emotional stuff is ongoing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's, that's why they say parenting is a lifelong commitment. Oh, fantastic. That's a, that's a really nice place to kind of start winding up this conversation, Chrissy. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to, to share? I mean, and just saying again, we will share all, all the notes, um, all, all the you know links in the show notes. So if you think of anything after this conversation that you want to share with our audience, I'll, I'll share it in the show notes um, yeah. with this episode. But is there anything else you'd like to um, share with us before we finish up? I think just reiterating that, you know, the importance of accessing education around this sort of stuff is incredibly important. I know I mean, we've hammered this home already in the conversation, but it's the core of everything that I'm doing, you know, when with all the families that I'm working with. And there's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in saying, I don't know this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I actually view it completely the other way. I actually view it as you being so... Um, empowered and and also being able to say I'm going to ask for help because this actually benefits my kids and benefits my whole family yeah for sure and we often talk about this on the on the podcast um that you know knowledge is power and knowledge is confidence as well and I think that you know the more we can share knowledge um and and not sort of kind of go well I've got it all sorted I know the answers to everything because you know that's a place where you you're never going to let you new information in and you're not going to learn new things because we need to keep learning don't we Lifelong learners. This is yeah. what we talk to kids about all the time. You know, and we are lifelong learners. Exactly. Never stop learning. <laughs> so why do we go? Oh, yeah, we're done. They're twelve. We know everything uh, we need to know about kids. It's yeah. just not the case. So exactly. I think being open to that is incredibly important. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy, for for sharing your your expertise and your knowledge and and your your positive kind of approach in this area I think is really important too and that's something we like to talk about on spreading the good stuff is tackling the big issues but doing it in a really positive way and not coming away feeling like you know it's all doom and gloom so yeah my pleasure and and I just hope to you know like I said before if it gets someone thinking about it or you know it sparks something in there a conversation that they they go home and have with their hubby or their wife then then that can only be a positive as well for our kids and I've no doubt that it will start um, a conversation at home and, and we can continue to, to, to spread spread the word as we go. So thank you again and thank you to all our listeners for um, joining us on um, another Spreading the Good Stuff episode and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye for now. You've been listening to Spreading the Good Stuff, the podcast. Remember, you can subscribe over at iTunes. We'd love you to leave us a rating. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the handle Spreading the Good Stuff. You can find all our show notes and previous episodes at our website, thesplendidword.com.au. Thanks for listening.